Thank you everyone this morning for coming out to uh, Crestview Baptist Church to worship with us this morning. A uh, little bit of technical difficulties there. We're good now. I'm so glad to have you with us. And if you are a guest and with us for the first time or have never filled out a visitor form, those are in the pews in front of you. We would ask that you would fill one of those out. We would love to have a record of your visit with us. Um, we have uh, quite a few announcements as we are approaching quickly the beginning of September, which is our new church year. And uh, we talked about some of that last week. But uh, tonight, uh, first of all, do not forget about our picnic down at the creek this evening at 6 o'clock. Um, if you don't know how to get to the creek from here, uh, ask me or Artie or Sandra or somebody and they will... Uh, direct you on how to get there. It's at 6 o'clock. It's a covered dish meal. So whatever you bring is what we eat. So um, come out to that. We'd love to have you come out and just uh, join us for that time of fellowship. It's a fun time for everybody. And today is going to be about 90-something degrees. So you may want to bring your bathing suits and just go lay in the creek. I'm not 100% sure how you feel, but it's been hot, 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 but pretty soon we will wish it was warm again. Uh, so enjoy the heat while it's there. Uh, don't forget our Wednesday night, um, Wednesday night events, our Bible studies that start at uh, 6:30 here. We have our our adults in the fellowship in not, in not in the fellowship in here, and then we have our youth and children. We start out in the building and we go from there. So 6:30 Wednesday night for those, and then. We move on to, we are back at that first Saturday of the month again. I was talking to someone uh, last, last week or the week before, and I couldn't think about it, and they said that first Saturday of the month is about every other week now, the way time flies by. So uh, that first Saturday is coming up this week. Don't forget to come out and support our uh, Baptist men for our monthly breakfast. It's a really good time to get together and it's also a really good meal um sorry about that Just a little excited for a minute um then um do not forget the sunshiners it's in here in the bulletin the sunshiners are going to eat lunch at ken and mary's on wednesday september the 8th at 11 30 in the morning so we're going to meet here at 1130. Oh, meet there at 1130. So uh, do not forget that. Yes, and I was supposed to tell you that. Sandra has moved the sign-up sheet for our sunshiners. Oh, Laura moved it. It's my wife's fault. Everything is my wife's fault. If you live at my house, you'll know that. Um, so... Uh, the sign-up sheet is over here, the four, first bulletin board on the right. The bulletin boards, um, we've recently, we're, we're recently working on updating those, so they're new and she's put a lot of work into them, but the sign-up sheet is over here on the right. Uh, if you would sign up, that would be great for Miss Sander to know about. And uh, I don't think I have any more announcements. I don't think that's it. So this morning, I would just ask that you... Join, join your hearts together with worship, and we turn our hearts to God this morning as we, we, we focus on Him. Good morning. 
Man, that was weak. Good morning. Good morning. Guys, we get to worship our Savior today. What better place to be than in the house of God? And you know something? We've been praying for a lot of people. God has answered all of those prayers. Sometimes he doesn't answer them the way we want to. But the fact remains that we are seeing miracles take place. My brother, after being on and off the ventilator for almost two months, today marks seven weeks that he has been in the hospital. Yesterday, we got word that the therapist actually got him to sit up on the side of the bed and actually got him to stand up. He is completely off the ventilator and they are working on paperwork to get him transferred to rehab. We also have another miracle. We had a real ugly man just walk into our church building. Walt Connor is here at church this morning. And I have shared many times how, how Pam was told that she needed to make a decision and she had to have that decision made on their 20th anniversary. And she had already asked me, Waldo, to, to do your service. But God had different plans. It is a miracle. He even had to go back to the hospital after coming home for a four week. Was told that he was in respiratory failure. That his body was not able to expel the CO2, was not able to absorb the oxygen the way it needed to be. But he is here at church this morning. Those of you that didn't hear that, he says, I want to thank everybody for their prayers and concerns. Prayer works, people. Prayer works. I also need to make you aware that uh, many of you don't know. We didn't find out until yesterday, but Ruth Bryant passed away on the 17th of August, I believe. Um, so pray for Freddie and the rest of the family. And um, as they mourn the loss of their mother, but Ruth is with Royce, worshiping their Savior right now. Also need to make you aware that starting September, we are going to partner with a, a ministry called Every Home. And this ministry has existed for several years. Their goal is to reach every home with the gospel of Jesus Christ and they have worked in foreign lands for many years getting the gospel into every home in those countries they are now focused on North America and their goal is to get every home in the United States touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, out on our Welcome Center, we have these U.S. prayer maps. 
And starting in September, we want to cover our nation in prayer, praying for each, every day for the ones that are marked on here, praying for the people of certain states, certain cities. And by the end of that month, we'll have every state in the United States prayed for. And then we'll start all over and do it all again, but we'll continue to pray. These are available at the front at the, front, at the Welcome Center. Grab one on your way out, and we will start this September 1st. Also, as part of that, the way every home works is there is not a mass thing where people go out and visit, but what it is is they have packets that are available, and they're available at no cost to our church. I've got them in my office. And what it is, is you get in contact with your neighbors, those that you live around. And you don't immediately share the gospel with them, but you start by getting to know them and praying for them. Building that relationship. And then they have ways, things that you can give them, that you can talk to them about the gospel. And the goal is is to make it a very uh, organic thing, that it just happens naturally by sharing your life with somebody else and Christ coming through you and impacting them. But it starts with prayer. We have those available also, that if anybody is interested in taking one of those packs, there is enough information in there that you would be able to share the gospel I think, with uh, 15 people. So uh, if you're interested in taking part in that, please see me after the service. But at this time, we're going to start our worship together by going to the throne of grace and praying that God would move today. So please join me in prayer. Blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly bowing before your throne. You are worthy of all praise, and you alone are worthy of glory. You are the maker of heaven and earth, the Alpha and Omega, the author of creation, and the author of salvation. And we praise you, dear Lord, Dear Lord, we fail you every day, yet your grace is sufficient. Dear Lord, you have chose to use fallible people to spread the gospel, to spread your message to those in need. And you have promised, dear Lord, to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we may be your witnesses. And dear Lord, we want that right now. Our nation needs Christians that are 100% totally obedient and sold out to you to share your message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, unashamedly, with courage, willing to pay the price to love others. And dear Lord, we ask that you make us that way right now. As we have come together to worship you, we praise you, dear Lord, for the answers to prayers that we're seeing. 
Dear Lord, sometimes you answer those prayers in ways that we don't expect. Sometimes you answer those prayers by giving people ultimate healing and calling them home to be with you. And while we are left here to mourn, dear Lord, we know that it is only through you that we can receive the comfort and peace that you supply. But dear Lord, sometimes you show us miracles right before our very eyes. And we thank you so much for the fact that Walt and Pam are able to be here with us today, dear Lord. We praise your name for what you have done in their lives. Dear Lord, we thank you for what we're seeing in Marty right now. The fact that he is able to flirt with Tracy, his wife, and able to stand up even though he's weak, dear Lord. We thank you for that. Dear Lord, I ask that you continue to shock and amaze the doctors. Dear Lord, we also lift up to you right now Doug Pittman and Joanne. Dear Lord, Doug is waiting right now for bypass surgery to take place. And Joanne's not going to be able to see him or be with him for several days. Dear Lord, I ask that you fill them with your presence, that you let Doug feel your power right now. Dear Lord, I ask that you calm Joanne's nerves, that you give her the peace that she so desperately needs, and that you would let her feel your presence. I ask you to guide the doctors that will be performing the surgery, dear Lord. And that he would quickly recover and be able to be back with us, worshiping you and singing to the top of his voice. Dear Lord, there are so many requests that we have, and we lay them at your feet right now. And dear Lord, I ask you that your spirit move among your people this morning. Whether they're here in person or watching on the internet. Dear Lord, I pray that your spirit will open our ears. And that we will be doers of the word, not just hearers. That you would move and change lives today. And that if there's someone that does not know you as their personal savior, does not have that relationship with you that they would not leave this place without having that done, dear Lord. And if they do leave this place, I pray that your convicting power would make them so miserable that they would get so tired of running from you that they would fall on their face and pray and ask forgiveness that you may save their souls. Dear Lord, we give you all the honor and praise for everything that is done and said here today. Every action. Take the spotlight off of us, dear Lord, and just shine bright in your glory. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen.
what an honor it is for us to stand and sing praises to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let us stand as we sing hymn number 140, Down at the Cross. First and last verses, excited about it. I hope everybody else is too. As we come down here, I'm sorry, Whitey. As we come down here, all right, so we're going to talk about something when we get out of the children's church. We're going to talk about doing the impossible. I think that's what Mr. Artie's talking about today too. Maybe Jesus did this thing called miracles. Anybody ever heard of a miracle before? But I want to talk about First, we're not going to talk, I'm going to show you guys something. We're going to talk about the impossible to begin with. What if I were to tell you that I could take a sheet of paper just like this and no, I can't make it disappear, but who thinks, who in here thinks I could cut a hole big enough in this for Teddy to stand up and then Teddy go all the way through it? Who thinks I can do that? No. You don't think I can do that? No. Are you sure? Does anybody in here think I can do it? All right, they want to see me do it. All right, so I went ahead and pre-cut and had it stand up, Teddy. So I took my piece of paper and I folded it down the middle and I made some cuts in this piece of paper. And when I got done with that piece of paper that it was exactly the same as that one, I got it big enough, I cut a hole in it to fit Teddy right through the middle of it. Isn't that pretty awesome that I could do that? Well, that's just a trick. But when we go out to children's church, we're going to talk about something. I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Good magician never tells us tricks. Well, thanks. What about Mr. Artie? Is he a good magician? Yes, you have. We'll have to fix that. All right, anyway. So stay on track because I like to get off. So when we get out to Children's Church Day, we're going to talk about something that Jesus did. I'm going to go through a whole list of them. We're going to talk about But Jesus didn't do illusions or magic tricks. 
Jesus did the impossible, but they were called something else. What were they called? Anybody know? Betsy, I know you know. What are they called? Miracles. That's right. They were called miracles. And Jesus did miracles for a very special reason. Do you know why they did that? Because he wanted the people to see not that he was good, that God did great things to him. Jesus was God's son. But Jesus did it to glorify God and to show how awesome God is. Isn't that awesome? So here's the thing. I was up doing my announcements, and I pointed, to Ar- I pointed at the back, and I pointed to Artie, and Artie looked at me. Because it's funny, because it felt like a miracle walked through the door. Because they talked about Mr. Wall a while ago, and God healed him through doctors and through nurses and through things at the hospital, but God healed him. And so to me, it's like a miracle just walked through the door. Isn't that awesome that God does things like that? God answers all of our prayers. Now, sometimes we may not get the answer we want, and sometimes we may not get the answer when we want it. Like, for an answer, if you ask your dad for $10 right now, if you go back and say, hey, Dad, can I have $10? What's he probably going to say? No, right? But he answered, right? He did answer you. There you go. Michaela said if she went back, her dad would say yes. Did I hear that? Was that what she said? I thought I heard somebody say yes. thought it was Michaela. Where is it? Okay, anyway. <laughs> I thought it just sounded like something Michaela would say, and I looked up, and she wasn't there. Anyway, ADHD, squirrels churning everywhere. But we're going to talk about that when we get outside. So let's bow our heads, and we're going to go outside, and we're going to look forward to talking about miracles, Okay. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these boys and girls. And we thank you for the miracles that you perform now through doctors and through nurses. And we just thank you through the miracles that were performed through Jesus in order to show your glory, God. Be with us as we go dig through some scripture and we learn about some of those miracles today. All this we ask in your name. Amen. All right, guys, go line up.
Thank you, choir, for that. I had no idea Walt was going to be here. I had no idea what Chad was going to be sharing in his children's message. But we do want to talk about the power in the blood of Jesus Christ. But I also want to talk to you about people and the title of the message today is who touched me and it's taken from Luke chapter 8 and we're going to be looking at some verses here but just to give you a little bit of background in in Luke In chapter 8, Jesus has done some incredible miracles. 
And some of them were very public. He calmed the sea. He calmed the storm. A man came to him and asked him to heal his daughter. He came in contact with this man that was possessed by many demons. And he cast the demons out. And people saw these. They saw all this. And then we come to this passage that we're going to look at today. Where this woman... Needed to be healed. But she did not ask Jesus to be healed. But Jesus healed her anyway. And we're going to look at this. So if you would turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 43 through 48, and stand as I read this, the verses will be on the screen as well as on, in your bulletin. Starting in verse 43, Luke records this. He says, And a woman who had, been, had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, Who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the multitudes are crowding and pressing upon you. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. And when the woman said that she had not escaped, or saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the power in the blood of Jesus Christ, the healing power, the saving power, in the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for what Luke records here in the gospel so that we may learn from it. Bless the reading of your word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. You see, this woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years. 12 years. It says this in verse 43. And a woman who had hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone. It's interesting that the King James Version actually includes a little bit extra in that. And it says, and she had spent all that she had and could not be healed by anybody. All her money was gone. Let's take a look at this woman a little bit. This woman was in a very desperate condition her bleeding this hemorrhage that she had made her ceremonially and socially unclean imagine being shunned by society by your family according to the law that God gave 
She could not be touched. Anything that she came in contact with could not be touched. Or she was, had, would, everybody that did that was considered unclean. So she was an outcast from society. For 12 years. Can you imagine the mental anguish this woman had gone through? Her family could have no association with her. Or else they would be considered unclean. For 12 years. And then... She could not be healed. She had tried everything. She had spent her entire fortune or her entire everything that she had going to physicians. And Luke, being a physician himself, would understand how much this would have cost. And he understood everything that she would have done to try to be healed. You see, not only were the physicians not able to heal her, but not even the rabbis. And the priest, you see, ancient rabbis, they had different remedies that they would apply and, and have people do in order to be healed. You know, I went to a, uh, when I was interning, first church I ever worked at in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we went to Ardmore, Oklahoma on a mission trip. And it was a dual mission trip. During the day, we worked with a Native American church. And it was a great experience. At night, we would have a VBS at our host church, which was the son of our pastor. And we would work there at night doing VBS for their church. And during the day, we were with the Native American church. And at the front of the Native American church, instead of having the communion table, there was a box that looked like a coffin. And we had been there about half a week, and my curiosity got the best of me. And I asked him, I said, what is that box up in the front of your church? He goes, what does it look like? I said, it looks like a coffin. He said, that's our faith box. I said, a faith box? He said, yes. He says, when somebody is in need of healing in our church, if they have enough faith to get in that box, they have enough faith to be healed. And God will heal them. And I'm like, well, what's the big deal about getting in the box? He goes, oh, it's because we fill it with snakes. I, I had a migraine headache one day. He said, you, got, you want to get in the box? I said, no. That's the type of stuff that the, and I, I'm not downplaying that. Please understand, I'm not downplaying that. But it's actions on our part that they, that's what the rabbis would do. They, the, the woman would have to do these different things in order to be healed. And that it was supposed to heal her. But it didn't work. She was not able to be healed by anybody. So here she was being ostracized by society. 
being shunned by her own family and not being able to heal, and she is broke. She is at the bottom, the absolute bottom. That's where she is. And I want you to think about that. How many people in our lives today are at the bottom? They have nowhere else to turn. They have been shunned. There is something going on in their life that they are so ashamed of that they consider themselves unclean, that they, they have no, they, they just have no hope, nothing. They have everything that they have has been taken away from them and they are at their lowest point possible. Church, I want to tell you something. We come in contact with people like that every day. And because of this uncleanness, because of this place this lady is in, out of her despair, she does the only thing possible. She didn't publicly come up in the crowd and come face to face with Jesus. You see, this in itself is a miracle. Because if she would have got caught... Because there is no mention of the fact that she walked up saying, unclean, unclean, unclean. She hid in the crowd. And we hear in later verses that they were so, so many of them, they were bumping and, 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 and bumping into people and they were shoulder to shoulder trying to get in there to see Jesus. But she touched the fringe of his cloak. Look what it says in verse 44 says she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Because this woman's condition was so embarrassing, she did not want to openly ask Jesus to be healed. She had heard about Jesus. She had seen what Jesus had done, but she was so embarrassed and she was so low and she considered herself beyond help that she did not even want to openly say, Jesus, can you heal me? So she reached up from behind. And you understand, we're not talking about the fringe of his cloak that he, he would touch, that's the, you know, just part of it. The fringe, the word there, it indicates that it's the tassels that hung at the bottom of the outer robe, his cloak, that according to law, that the male, the Jewish males were required to have as part of their attire. Little tassels that hung at the bottom. She reached out and touched one of those from behind. When you hear, if somebody comes up from behind, what does that normally indicate? That they're sneaking up on you? You hear in the news somebody was attacked from behind. What does that mean? They had no clue the person was there and they came up from behind them and attacked them. That's the same thing here. She did not want to come face to face with Jesus. She did not want to be noticed. She was so embarrassed 
And she was taking her life, literally taking her life in her hand to come into that crowd and to touch him. And here's the interesting thing. (laughs) By touching him, according to Jewish law, that was forbidden. And it should have made Jesus ceremoniously and socially unclean. But there is so much power in Jesus Christ that the very thing that should have harmed him, the absolute opposite happened. Instead of making Jesus unclean, what does the Bible say? She was healed when? Immediately. Immediately. And immediately... Her hemorrhage stopped. Immediately it stopped. Church, those people that I say we come in contact with every day, the only answer for them is to be able to come to Jesus Christ. And what they're broken about, what they're needing most in their life, Jesus can take care of immediately. You know, the moment, I've shared this many times, the moment I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I had spent months being terrified of going to sleep. I started wearing my seatbelt before it was required by law because I was afraid I was going to die. I didn't sleep because I was afraid I was going to die. For months I felt that way. And the moment I was sitting on the back pew of the church, as far away from the preacher as I could possibly get and still be in the church, he gave the invitation. And as he was praying before the invitation started, I I was white-knuckling it on the back of that pew. I was holding on to that pew so hard, my knuckles were white and I was shaking. My brother says that I was shaking the whole time he was talking. I was shaking to the point, he said, Artie, I thought you were having a seizure. And the moment he said amen to start the invitation, I ran down that, pew, down that aisle. I grabbed my dad and I said, I can't take it anymore. I need to meet Jesus. And the moment I prayed, it was like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. 250 pounds, I felt like I could jump up and do a backflip. That's how free it felt. All the worries, all the concerns, everything I had done was gone and forgiven and made well right then at that moment. And you know what happened the very next day on my way to work or way to school? I got in a wreck. But I didn't care. I got rear-ended. And instead of being worried about myself, my main concern was about the lady and the little kid in in her back seat that rear-ended me. Immediately, it happened. 
And then Jesus asked a question, who touched me? Look at verses 45 through 48. And Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone did touch me, for I was aware that the power had gone out of me. When the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Who touched me? The question made no sense to his disciples. It made no sense to any of them because they were so packed around. In fact, Peter says, what are you talking about who touched you? Everybody's touching you. And he says, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. Because I felt the healing power come out of me. Somebody's been healed. Who touched me? Do you guys realize that Jesus asked this question not because he wanted to know, but he wanted her to know that he knew. He knew exactly who it was. In fact, the wording of this in the ancient language literally means when, he, when she saw that she had not escaped notice, it means that when Jesus was saying this, he was staring dead at, him, at her. He was making eye contact with her. And this woman that had snuck up behind him had risked everything to come to him and touch him she realized that she had been caught. That she had not escaped his notice. See, Charles Spurgeon says this. He says, It is not every contact with Christ that saves men. It is the arousing of yourself to come near Him, the determinate and the personal, the resolute, believing touch of Christ Jesus which saves. It is not us coming to Him that saves us. It is Him coming to us that saves us. You see, people all the time are slamming religion. I slam religion. Religion does nothing but send people to hell. Religion says we have to do this, this, and this in order to be made right. But what Jesus says is, I don't want you to do religion. If you look at the Gospels, he's always battling against the religious leaders. He doesn't want us to do religion. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to come face to face with him. He wants us to experience him in all his fullness. He wants us to love him because he loves us. The woman knew that she was not hidden. Even though she tried to be sneaky about it, she realized that she had been caught. Jesus wasn't doing this to embarrass her. She wanted to do private. How many people tell us, well, that's a personal issue. That's a private issue. I believe that our relationship with God is something that's private. 
Let me tell you something, church. A person's relationship with Christ, and you've heard me say this before, it is a personal decision, and that's as private as it gets. It is nothing, nobody can do anything, can't do it for you. I cannot accept Jesus Christ for you. Your mom and dad cannot accept Jesus Christ for you. You are not born a Christian. You are born a sinner needing, needing to be saved by grace. All of us. Having your name on the church roll does not save you. Being dunked in this water does not save you. Coming face to face with Jesus Christ and asking for forgiveness and accepting His mercy and grace that He showed us on Calvary is all that saves you. Jesus did not do this to embarrass her. It is not a private decision, even though she tried to make it a private thing that nobody knew about. Jesus called her out because He wanted it to be public. When you accept Jesus Christ, it is a personal decision, but it is lived out in a very public way. At least it should be. People say that I don't want to force my opinion on anybody else. I don't want to force my beliefs on anybody else. So I stay low key and I stay back. Listen. If you come in contact with the most important person that ever walked this earth, you're going to want to know people want people to know about. It. I'm getting tongue tied. You're going to want people to know about it. Let me tell you something. Every time I see somebody go to a concert, there are pictures all over the internet, all over the over Facebook about how their experience. And if they get to meet the person, the famous person, it's all over the place. Guess who I got to meet? Guess who I got to meet? Well, listen to me, people. I got to meet Jesus Christ, the maker of heaven and earth, the author of salvation, the one that gave himself for me. And I want everybody to know about it. Jesus wouldn't let her sit back and not be noticed. He called her out. He didn't call her out to punish her. He didn't call her out to embarrass her. But he wanted her to know because of this. If she had gone back and went to the priest or the scribes or whoever in her family and said, I am now healed. What would they have done? Yeah, right. You ain't changed. You're the same old person you've always been. They wouldn't have believed it. But here, in the middle of that crowd, she tells Jesus, Exactly what happened. She knew the change that had taken place in her. And she bowed down at his feet and she confessed everything, saying, As soon as I touched you, I did it and I've been healed. And then Jesus says this He says, Daughter. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. King James Version, I believe, says, healed. You, has healed you. Let me tell you something. This is the only time Jesus uses this word in the entire Bible. 
where he makes it very personal and he looks at her and he says, daughter. What was he saying with that one word? He was saying, you are now mine. Jesus didn't do it and embarrass her. Jesus did it to show everybody around that she had been changed, that she had been made whole through her faith. Did she act on a little bit of superstition? Yeah. Did she act out of a little bit of shame? Yes. But Jesus is strong enough and powerful enough, and there is so much power in the blood of Jesus Christ that he overcame all of that. And that little bit of faith that she had And that Jesus could do what everybody said was impossible. That little bit of faith, Jesus said, has made you whole. Has made you well. Has healed you. Has saved you. Church, everybody that we're going to be praying for, they need to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Many of these people think they're beyond help. I've been told, many of you have been told, when you talk to people, and even just inviting them to church, well, I can't come to church. I'm not welcomed at church. People are too judgy at church. I'm not good enough. It's all excuses. Because they have no hope. When you talk to somebody about coming to know Jesus Christ, they say, you have no idea what I've done. God could never love somebody like me. Yes, he can. If God can save somebody like me, if he can save somebody like you, if he can reach down into the gutter and get the prostitute, the pimp, the drug addict, the drug seller, if he can get the drunk, if he can put broken families together, he can save anybody. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It doesn't say he only loved the perfect people. He only, he, it didn't say that he only loved the ones that were worth loving. It says the world. That includes everybody. Church, it's our responsibility to get people to that point where they're willing to touch the fringe of his garment Because Jesus will notice them too. He will know them. He will look them in the eye and say, you are mine. Church, that's what we got to do. And we've got to do it in love. We've got to be able to go to people that are not like us. We've got to be able to go to people that don't look like us, don't smell like us, 
Don't act like us. Not worried about if they don't act right when they come to church. But we've got to get them to the point where they're willing to show love Jesus Christ and have enough faith where they're willing to get out there regardless of what's going on in their life and touch Him. Because you cannot touch. It's a physical impossibility. I can't touch someone without them touching me also. And we cannot touch Jesus Christ without Him touching us. And that is what saves us. It's not what we've done, but it's what He's doing. And we've got to get people to that place. And we need to stop worrying about the political differences. We've got to stop worrying about the difference in viewpoints. I want to tell you something. When we get to heaven... And we stand before His throne. He's not going to ask us, did you vote for so-and-so? Or did you get the shot? Or did you not get the shot? He's not going to ask that. He's going to say, why should I let you into my heaven? And there's only one answer that's going to get you through that gate. And that is because my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life because I accepted the gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't leave this place today without knowing that. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. You have no idea what's going to happen when you walk out that door. None. Don't leave without knowing. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 310, Out of My Bondage, Sorrow, and Night. for being here today don't forget grab one of the prayer maps on your way out there at the welcome center please join in us join with us starting on September 1st praying for our country to come to know Jesus Christ we need a revival in our country and anywhere you look in scripture revival God's movement it starts with prayer and that's what we want to do 
Don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock, down at the creek, we're having our picnic. This is a potluck. Whatever you bring is what we will eat. So bring it and prepare to get dirty and sweaty and just have a good time with each other. Okay? And bring your chairs. Be able to sit down. If we get a lot of people there, I promise I will, I will throw Joy Hicks in the creek. <laughs> also, don't forget to pray for those that are in need. The prayer list is out at the front. Also, for those that are... Don't forget Doug Pittman. Pray for Doug Pittman and Joanne. It's Tuesday morning. Tuesday is either going to be at 8.30 in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but he will be having surgery on Tuesday. Quadruple bypass. So please pray for him. And got a good announcement, too, that I forgot before. We are actually going to have to have two Sundays of baptism. So we're going to have baptism on the 12th, the second Sunday of, the, of September, and we're also going to have baptism on the 19th. So we're going to have two Sundays back-to-back for baptism. So, and we're going to do something a little bit different that we've never done before, and you'll hear about that as we get closer with baptism, but we're going to make it exciting because what's happening in that baptistry is a public display of what's happened in somebody's life coming to know Jesus Christ. And that's exciting. Don't forget Wednesday night and a workday Thursday. Men are having a workday Thursday at 6 o'clock. Meet at the tool room. There'll be emails going or text messages going out for that. But thank you for being here. And Joe, would you mind, as Deacon of the Week, dismiss us in prayer. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, for the last couple of years, because of the virus, we've been told to wear masks, keep a distance, don't touch one another. And Lord, we live in a sinful world. Out in that world, we have people who are sin sick and don't even know it. They need a touch in the master's hand and they will not come here so we have to go to them and explain to them that they need a touch from the master and there is power in the blood of Jesus so we need to leave this place and to go touch some one with the love of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.